Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, uh, Eric Mlambo, who's Managing Director of Nzathuli Farms. Nzathuli Farms is uh, a farm that is based in uh, Limpopo province, and he's going to tell us more about it. But we'll be focusing mainly on the challenges that the farming sector is experiencing due to rising costs of electricity and fuel. And I want to hear from A-teamers who are within the sector how you have been impacted and how you are able to overcome. Eric, thank you very much for calling, uh, for joining us this evening. We called you, as a matter of fact. Good evening and thank you for your time. Evening and thank you for inviting me on your show. I know for farmers uh, it's quite late to be having a conversation because you guys wake <laughs> up extremely early before the sun is up. So thank you. We really appreciate this. And I also appreciate the opportunity to discuss some of the issues in our sector. Let's talk about your company first. Uh, tell us what is it that you are focusing on in the farming industry at uh, Nzatluli? Well, we're an emerging farm established in 2016, and uh, our focus is mixed farming, um, where we are breeding daughter sheep, uh, bonsmara and brahman cattle. Uh, we also have large white pigs, uh, but we also uh, produce uh, crops uh, where we focus on okra, uh, chilies, which is jalapeno, habanero, cayenne, and green chilies. Hmm. So mixed crop farming, and it seems that uh, you are doing the most because everything you have just mentioned, especially the goat and then the the, the okra, ladyfingers, and chili are my favorite. So I need to come and visit your farm. Would you allow me to? I would definitely allow you to come to the farm. Um, as you can understand, for us, we thrive by customers arriving every day. But I'm sure as you walk apart, you would be able to find one or two things that uh, you can definitely use uh, for your supper or dinner. Oh, well, I can't wait to come over. So let's let's talk about uh, some of, um, you know, the challenges that you have been facing, um, especially because COVID-19 was quite a hitter. The droughts and lack of rains, weather patterns um, due to global warming are also quite a pinch and a bite to the farming industry. But the increasing electricity price and fuel price must be one of those that are also really hounding you. Yeah, definitely. I think all those that you've listed are actually a very serious concern for the farming sector. And more specifically, I will speak about uh, what has really affected my farm. Um, if you look in the last uh, year or so, the weather patterns have drastically changed, um, especially for our environment in the Guiana area where traditionally it's hot, it's humid, and um, with very limited uh, rainfall. Uh, in the last two years and actually more, especially last year, um, we've experienced high heavy rains, uh, storms, um, uh, strong winds, um, and, and rain that actually now is starting to to 
to kind of, kind of come in, in seasons or in months where you wouldn't necessarily expect it. And obviously, we, we could uh, now start to say that the warnings of global warming are actually around us. But what has that done for us is that we could have lost, I think, around eight ships. Um, and in the area, you would normally have ships that we keep in the open, and because of the uh, heat there, suddenly now we have to close our ship indoors because when you leave them outside and you are exposed to too much um, heavy rain, suddenly there's pneumonia that kind of affects them and, and they easily die. Um, but we've also had uh, uh, our boiler chicken structure, which was not even two years old, completely destroyed uh, because when the wind and the rains came, it wasn't something that we were used to, and um, we lost the stock of about 100,000 and uh, and the infrastructure on its own. It was completely destroyed, and we haven't really kind of recovered uh, to to kind of reestablish. But the main one, obviously, is electricity. Um, uh, I would tell you my conditions, but all the other small farmers around me, uh, under the Greater Guiani local municipality, um, it's not easy to get electricity to come to your farming uh, enterprise as a builder uh, because you would not be considered to be a commercial client. So, for example, you would need to pay heavy money to kind of move and, and get a transformer installed next to your farm. But secondly, there's an issue of theft that is uh, accompanied by the fact that you would have attracted such a transformer which uh, cost a lot of money. Um, so obviously what uh, you could be faced with is also heavy prices of electricity to run the machinery of the farm, which is something that uh, if you look at your books, uh, electricity then becomes one of those high expenses that makes it very difficult for you to break even because you're kind of uh, feeding in this animal that kind of, wants to be said and, and and you cannot survive why we're using boreholes um, uh, to draw water from the underground and uh, at the farm you understand that the main source of activity for anything and for the farm to thrive whether it's your animals whether it's the uh, crops that we produce whether we're trying to plant if you're putting the grapes on the floor to know where you're going to put your seed you need the water so as a result, you would need to consume that electricity, and uh, it's one of those things that you cannot avoid. So it ended up becoming one of those biggest challenges. But, but let's talk about in the evening, when you actually need your electricity as a security feature to make sure that you don't have intruders, you need your lighting on. Uh, so it's not something that you can, you can avoid, but it's something that you kind of need to face on. As an amazing farmer where uh, you kind of, you cannot even get a special tax rebate or you cannot get a special favor. It becomes one of that big animal that uh, you will have to face and, and obviously you just have to continue. Sure, the challenges have been much, Eric. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to ask that we start looking firstly at, at the issue of 
of how you survive, especially with the livestock, with the changing weather patterns, right? And I mean, I, I, I heard a little whisper from Benzito saying that he's a very keen, um, you know, livestock uh, person. He wants to start this farming and he wanted to start off with Brahman, but they are quite temperamental according to what he has heard and investigated. So what happens when there's extreme weather? Um, how do you make sure that your animals are well-maintained, well-fed, um, they have enough water, uh, and, and the temperatures don't affect them negatively? Because you said you had some sheep dying as well during uh, this uh, weather pattern change. The same goes, the farmer makes a plan. So, <laughs> and in this instance, you are forced to make a plan. So, I mean, obviously, one of the things was I, I, I wouldn't have expected to build a complete house structure where I house the ship. Uh, when I started out, you know, because uh, Giani or our area, village in Pagani, it's a, an extremely hot and humid area. Um, but right now, I, I close the ship in an indoor facility, which is a result of uh, having land uh, that now you've got rain that comes unexpectedly any time and uh, it can affect uh, the sheep and the staying condition. Uh, but obviously, one of the other indirect costs that gets involved is if we started bringing a vet closer, but obviously you have to now also pay because now you need an expertise of someone that is a professional to help you with dealing with all these changes around you. Um, but 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 it, it's something that you're gonna have to adapt and, and, and say it's unexpected, it's the new norm, and 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 we'll have to to get used to it. So even the feeding um, right now, there is a benefit that uh, when these rains come, suddenly there's more grazing um, uh, available. However, the danger is that. Um, Suddenly, there's more snakes that are available to attack your livestock, and you need to to suddenly uh, procure chemicals to make sure that you kind of try and chase the snakes away around where your livestock uh, is feeding. Eric, now in terms of the high overheads, uh, the great losses that you have experienced um, mm. due to all these challenges, how do you stay afloat? I mean. Here's an A-teamer sending a message, uh, Donald, who's in Rustenburg, saying good evening, Patricia, and all A-teamers. My day was fantastic, despite financial challenges. Um, yeah, head up, head up, please, Donald. But he continues to say farmers must be strong, even though the environment is not favorable due to various factors. We need food, which is adequate in our continent. So how do you, as a farmer, you know, stay afloat with all these losses and high overheads? It is planning, strategizing every day to to survive. Um, for example, I have a mentor that um, we have weekly sessions on strategizing on how to deal with some of the challenges because on your own, it, it becomes one of the most difficult things. And obviously, one of the reasons why I took the option of a mixed system is because I'm able to use the vegetable to make an income when you're suffering loss on the animals. Uh, but you're going to have to take that money and make sure that uh, you sacrifice and, and make sure that you keep your livestock. Um, and, and when the crops are not doing well, that's where you sell your 
your, your animals to be able to compensate and, and get the farm running um, because you know that your projections are telling you that in the next 24 to 36 months, if I reach to this level, these are the expected returns. So if, if, if I was doing it without a plan, um, I would have given up. But if I look at the long-term expected results of what my plan is saying, it means that I need to kind of put on my uh, boots and, 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 and stay on track uh, because I know what is in the future. Mm. Now, are there any associations um, or even government uh, facilities that are available for farmers to be able to cushion you during these tough times, um, especially when it comes to the high electricity costs, of which is something you are using much, and also the fuel price. Wow. Um, yes, there are a lot of um, associations. For example, I am a member of uh, AFASA, um, which is the African Farmers Association. I'm also a member of a local association based in my area, which is called Mopani. Um, however, both the associations, um, they said with Apasa, I've kind of reached out and said, these are some of the issues. Uh, and, and, and yeah, the response was, sorry, currently, um, we don't have uh, something here at assisting you with kind of such challenges, which you can ex- uh, expect that everyone is kind of trying to catch up. Um, whereas with Mopani, um, there are programs which is more like awareness programs for you to, to, to be kind of, hey, there's uh, climate change coming, what are you going to be doing? Um, and, and so it's those awareness things that you need you to be kind of, Away. Uh, but if, say, you are asking that I've just lost four sheep, um, I, I don't have it. I, I cannot at this stage afford uh, to pay premiums for an insurance where I could be compensated with finance so that uh, it helps me uh, to move forward. Uh, I know that government during COVID. Um, there was a grant for 50000 that we got for free um, that kind of got a, helped us uh, uh, with, with feeding. Uh, but however, to access that money, uh, it's just the, the red tape and how it is structured, it just becomes a huge challenge. But you want to have to kind of go through the, the process because uh, you may understand that government is a big animal. They're trying to reach out to all the small farmers. However, the process of you finally saying that I was a beneficiary is a lot difficult, which for me, I think is caused by the fact that government doesn't have reliable people that would kind of locate all the emerging farmers and assist us and put us on one database and kind of know that in this area, I've got 10 farmers who are struggling with this need. It's more reactive. There's a form that comes out. Mm. You need to fill a form. They need to come back you. And it's that, it's that time when you're kind of struggling. Whereas if we were more proactive, way, you would have a, a farming uh, a, a people that come and check 
uh, come check my sheet. You know, I, I would want to think that there's a lot of graduates that are out there that government could use to come send on a monthly basis, come and check these animals. They are qualified people that are experts that could help some of us that need those expertise. But in this way, I need to pick up a call every day and say, hey, do you want to come check up with me? And you know the response, I don't have well to come and visit you. Or I've got 100 farms that I need to visit, why should I be coming to you? So I suppose that with time, maybe it's something that they will improve on. Mm. Well, at least there is assistance, but the assistance seems to to need more assistance itself. Let me go to the lines. A-Team Tobazan is on the line. Good evening, Tobazan. Hi, good evening, Pat. Good evening. And good, yes, good evening to the guest as well. Uh, it's a Hi. nice topic for me. Um, I'm a beneficiary of, of this uh, CPA Communal Project Association or something like that. But we are having a big challenge. It's tough. We are all, we are remote. We don't have proper infrastructure. We never receive any sort of like financial aid or anything from the government. Instead, they just took away everything that was supposed to be like given to the community. But however, I learned that as a farmer, you develop this thing of. Uh, self-education, perseverance, and appreciate, appreciating nature and appreciating every little thing that comes in. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but it's, it's enjoyable, I must say. And how are you coping? Oh, we've lost Tawazani there. I wanted to ask him how he's coping, but I can hear from his voice that it is a, quite a challenge that they are facing, very similar to yours, Eric. Yes, I'm, I mean, I think I'm in a similar context with him, uh, very remote, rural. Um, when you wake up and look outside, it looks to me. But I, I, I think I would encourage him and say, take the passion and convert it into this is you and this is what you want to do. Um, and, and, and the appeal out there is that I think there's thousands of other young people Unfortunately, by location, it becomes a disadvantage. Where I am, if you were to visit me, the first challenge is that you're going to have to leave the tar road and come to me. There's no signage. I'm in the bush. Um, and, and my neighbor, who is a white farmer across the river, has A-grade electricity where this load shedding doesn't go. Um, the infrastructure, which is historical, over 60, 70 years, uh, the grandparents have established. They're exporting. They have everything, and 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 if they want to send their produce to the Johannesburg market, they've got a fleet of logistics cars over 300 um, to do almost. Its mechanization is is, is already established. I am here on the other side, and I'm looking at him. I'm like. How do I get there? Uh, and then something tells me that under the apartheid, there was assistance for all these people that were uh, starting out. And, and, and right now, for us, it can only be a dream, but, but maybe one day we will get there. Well, the dream needs to live on. One day, let's hope that we will get there. Thank you very much for your time. Go and rest now, please, Eric, and make sure you wake up bright and early tomorrow morning so you can feed us. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
Thank you very much. That was Eric Mlambo, Managing Director of uh, Nzaluli Farms in Limbobo.